0: I'm smelling the flower right here, just to let you know. It is refreshing. Past few weeks, we've been looking at the concept of doulos. And once you start translating that word into slave rather than into servant, new horizon opens up. Thesis is simple and clear. A servant gives service to someone, but a slave belongs to someone. This is an offensive word. Now, even back then as well. So I try to clarify as we use that metaphor, slave, there are things that are transferable By using that metaphor such as exclusive ownership by the master, total availability for service to that master, and complete dependence on that master, but there are things that are not transferable when we use the term doulos into slave such as enforced obedience, loss of freedom, and cringing subservience, and I've added, cruel punishment. So, I humbly ask you to listen to what I am actually saying and not to what you think I am saying or what I am not saying. When I preach on these texts or topics like this, Many people, their minds will wander off. Are you saying that? Are you saying this? What if this? What if that? And constantly you are asking those questions and and you are not really hearing what I am saying. Obviously there is that antithesis. When we say we are slaves of Christ, what is the antithesis of that? Slave versus what? Slave versus freedom, and slave versus master. Right. So there is that counterpart. And I want to spend some time thinking these things through. Today I want to talk about slave versus freedom. Obviously, slave is someone who has lost his or her freedom. So let me talk about that. Where do we encounter the Bible's teaching that we are slaves of sin? If you could give me a passage where the Bible says that we are the slaves of sin, the obvious passage would be Romans 6. But you will be surprised to hear that it was Jesus himself who used the term doulos, And he's the one who taught us that the sinners are slaves of sin. It is not simply Paul's agenda. But it is the sinless Son of God who used that term or the figure to explain spiritual realities to his followers and to us. Jesus taught in parables, correct? Correct? More than 13 parables, you will find the term doulos. If you translate that into servants, much of the context will not make sense. But if you translate that into slave or slavery, you will understand so much more. The scholar says this, They accurately reflect the circumstances under which slavery operated in the first Century. I am not going to talk about all of that, but I have chosen John chapter 8 to give you some sense that it is not Paul alone, it is not anybody else but Jesus Christ himself who used that offensive term to clarify the spiritual realities to his followers. And I want you to hear that. This is a long passage. I am going to speak on a couple of verses, but I want you to see the whole context. It's not in the bulletin, but the context is chapter 8, verse 1, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And in verse 2, he comes back. All in the morning, he came again into the temple And all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery and so on. And we jump back to verse 31. Read with me. He's debating the people. Pharisees and scribes, they are leading the charge. But this is not a happy conversation. This is not... Sunday preaching, but this is him proclaiming the truth to the unbelieving people. But listen, look at verse 31. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, or some believed him, but as it turns out in this context, they didn't truly believe him. And he says this, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And look at verse 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I want you to remember that verse, verse 32. They answered him, We are Abram's descendants and have never yet been enslave to anyone. False. That's false statement. How is it that you say you will become free? We'll stop. We'll stop and if you could look at me. Jesus just said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. If you heard that, what would you think in your head? The truth will set you free. For us, we would probably think, probably from my addiction, maybe. You set me free from my addiction, my problems, my issues. But listen to what the Jews are saying. They are understanding what Christ is saying, but they are turning it into a political enslavement. So Jesus simply said, Set you free. But they are asking, we are not enslaved. They are talking about slavery, real, physical slavery. It is false in that there were slaves in Egypt, and they are now under the Rome's control, Roman Empire. But they say, we are Abram's descendants and have never yet been enslaved. How is it that you say you will become free? You see, they understood what Jesus is saying. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, verse 34, Everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The same word, do loss. They're talking about physical slavery. But Jesus is talking about spiritual slavery. But nonetheless, the term or the root word of slavery or freedom evoked in the Jews' hearts, in their minds, some kind of physical slavery. Look at verse 35. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. Verse 36. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And from now on, you will see that conversation going nowhere. Jesus is talking about this, and they'll be talking about that. And I want you to see, why do you think they are not understanding each other? And Jesus will explain, but I want you to see it for yourself. Look at verse 37. This is Jesus speaking. I know that you are Abram's descendants, yet you seek to kill me physically. Because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore you also do the things which you heard from your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. This Abram did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father, they said to him. We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceed forth and have come from God, For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Look at verse 43. Why do you not understand what I am saying? This is Jesus speaking. Why do you not understand what I am saying? And he will give you why. It is because you cannot hear my word. You are not able to hear my word. What? What? Why do you not understand what I'm saying? And Jesus gives an answer here. It is because you cannot hear my word. Verse 44. And Jesus is talking about spiritual reason. You are of your father, the devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Remember that. Verse 45. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them, because you are not of God. The Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? This is a racist statement. You are a Samaritan and have a demon. Jesus, that's what they are saying. Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, and the prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste of death? Surely you are not greater than our father Abraham, who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? Who do you think you are? That's, that's what they Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I will be a liar like you. But I do not know him, I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. It's a long passage, but I wanted you to see when the light collides with darkness, what happens? They're not understanding each other. The words just go over their heads. And Jesus told them why that is the case. But Jesus talked about freedom in this passage in a couple of places. In verse 32, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free or truth will set you free. First statement about the freedom. Jesus says you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And if you remember the conversation now, he talked a lot about the truth. I testified to the truth. I saw it from, with my father, and I'm just testifying to that truth. He talked a lot about truth, 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 truth. Verse 32, have you heard about that passage, the truth will set you free? First time that I've heard that statement was when I was A high school student touring my future college in Texas. My uncle went to UT Austin University of Texas at Austin and entire my extended family everybody went to that school. So I was expected to go to that school I don't know why. And he gave me the tour. Very proud man. He had his degree from that university. And all my life, I heard how great that college was. And we were touring that college. And UT Austin, it has that tower. It is just a tower. Huge, tall tower. I don't know what it is called, but it's a tower. It has clock on the top. And if you get lost in Austin... It is visible from everywhere. You go toward that tower, then you could find your way back to Austin. And while I was in front of that huge tower, he said, You see, in that building, that's the Bible verse. And he said, he's a Christian. And he said, he pointed his finger, and it was ins- I saw the inscription in that stone. Huge building right under the tower it said the truth you will know the truth and the truth will set you free but without biblical reference and he was proudly saying that's the bible verse obviously i've never read the bible so i went to the church but so i never knew that was in the bible but he said that's what jesus said but i have an idea that it is not what that ut is saying probably what they were saying is, you come to this college, this university, you study whatever, whatever the truth, that truth will set you free in a very philosophical term. But in this context, truth in John is this. In John 14, 6, what does it say? I am the way and the truth and the life. So in the context, it is about him, the truth is about him and what he says and what he testifies, his testimony to the truth. So that truth, not truth in general, in abstract sense, but in the book of John, what Jesus is probably saying here is that if you listen and obey And persevere in my word. And by the way, I am also the truth, embodiment of truth. And all that I am saying, all that I am testifying to you, all of those, all of them, that's the truth. And you will know the truth, and that truth alone will set you free. What's the backdrop? When Jesus says the truth will set you free, it is either or. It is black and white. There is no middle ground. Over against what? As you have seen. Over against the backdrop of the devil. The truth and what opposes that truth is the devil and his spiritual children. Who is a liar, murderer from the beginning. And Jesus said, All of you who are rejecting me, my truth, my testimony, Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. And you do the desire of your father, the devil, your master, which is to kill me. So Jesus said many times, you are seeking to kill me. You are seeking to kill me. A man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. I want you to see that. I want you to see that this world in a sense from what jesus is saying is black or white either you belong to the truth or you belong to the darkness the reason why they are not really hearing what jesus is saying is because you are spiritually spiritually blind you belong to your father the devil i belong to my father God. So, what is their predicament? Truth will set them free, but they are not able to hear that very truth, the only thing that will set them free. Why? Once again, they are not of God, but of Satan. They are slaves of sin and Satan. They hate God, God's Son, the truth, his testimony, and everything. And they want to literally kill Jesus. Literally murder him right now. Also, they have that majority on their side. They are proud of their heritage, Abram's children, their tradition, their theology, and their community. Their allegiance is to their Lord, the devil. But they cannot get out and they don't know that. They cannot see that. That's where they are. Because they are dead. They won't hear the words of truth because they can't. Why? Why not? Because they are spiritually dead. That is the conundrum. That is the problem. Jesus says, Truth will set them free, set you free, but you cannot hear them. Why? Because you're spiritually bound to your. Master, you are enslaved by sin and its master, the devil. But truth will set you free. But once again, they cannot hear it. So, what are you going to do? Can't you see that's what's happening in the world for thousands of years? It's not simply debates, it's not simply about who's right or who's wrong. The reason why we beat up our- and say, why can't they understand? Jesus simply said, they are spiritually dead. They belong to another. Then what are we going to do? Just move on? But Jesus also said another statement, and this is the good news. Truth will set them free, but they cannot hear it because they're dead. What are you going to do? Look at verse 36, and this is the gospel, I believe. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. When Jesus says, if the Son, referring to himself, he is not really talking about the Son of God. He is, but that's not the point. Verse 35 says that he drew the contrast between the slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son does remain forever. What he's saying is slaves come and go. Sometimes they are set free. Sometimes they die. But the son who owns the slaves, he remains forever and he has authority over them, whether to set them free or not. The son has authority to set them free. That's the point. As opposed to Slaves, not as opposed to anything else. So if the Son, who has authority over the slaves of sin and entire people in creation, because Jesus Christ is the Son of God, He says, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. That is is the only hope. The spiritually dead, People, the Jews, the unbelieving Jews in front of Jesus debating Jesus. Their only hope is not simply the truth, the facts, or the statements. But their only hope is to come to the Son, who is able to set them free, give them the ears to hear and understand, to regenerate their dead hearts, so that they could Receive the words of truth from God as God translates them from the domain of darkness into the light. God is sovereign, Christ is sovereign in saving whom He is going to save or not. It's not a bunch of facts and say you study it and come if you decide, if you think that's right. Facts. What Jesus is saying is your spiritual is dead. You cannot save yourself. You cannot learn simply the facts and save yourself and improve yourself. But I have the key. If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And in Reformed theology we say, regeneration precedes the faith. You see, Christ is your hope. Verse came to my mind. Matthew 12. Jesus says this as part of his parable, referring to himself. Listen to this. How can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his property? How can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his stuff? But he's a strong man. This is strong man's house. Obviously, he has to be stronger than the man in the house. That's why Jesus says, unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. What Jesus is saying is, I am the stronger man. Strong man is Satan, but I am stronger than the satan and I am going to come into his house I'm going to bind him and I'm going to plunder his house I'm going to carry everybody everything off and I'm going to set everybody free We often think of Jesus as nice guy good guy but according to Jesus the reason why I am able to set you free is because I am stronger than the strong man I'm going to bind him I'm going to blow the fatal blow into his head and I am going to plunder his house and set his people free. That's right. Problem is, spiritually dead people do not see the need to be set free. But it is times like this that you hear from the pulpit, the word of God to describe reality that surrounds you. People don't know. That they are spiritually dead. It is our job. To tell them the truth. Chances are. If you are not set free yet. By Christ himself. Chances are that. You don't understand what I am saying. Just like that passage. You would not see the need. Why you need to call upon the name of the Lord. You don't see the point. Of all these conversations. And, and the fact that these are. Directed towards you. But you'll be thirsty. You want to quench your thirst, but you don't know how and why the world is in this way. You just don't know. You just cannot figure things out. You just go along. But that could be the good indication that you are among them. Your hope is Christ the liberator? He is your only chance. Go to him and ask him. I was in that condition, so I know how that feels like. You just cannot. You just want to be set free, but you don't know what is binding you or how. And you will spend the rest of your life, actually waste your life, Chasing after the wind. Trying to find solution. You could call happiness. Whatever. But you will not find. I have given you a portion from Murray J. Harris's book. And let me just read and I'll be done. If you would turn to the last section. Reference section. When Bible talks about freedom in Christ Jesus. These are the things, the categories in which... It talks about freedom from what? And this was a good list, and I just brought it to your attention. First, freedom from spiritual death. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. Those who hear my word and believe him who sent me have eternal life and will not be condemned. They have crossed over from death to life. That's right, in John. John 5, number 2. Freedom from self-pleasing. Oh, now we're talking about applications. Once you are freed from that enslavement, you are set free from self-pleasing, he says, basically entertaining you to death or trying to find some worldly pleasures all the time. So... He, Christ died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Those of us who are set free know exactly what that means. Our lives' point, aim, has changed from pleasing my life, but now living for Christ, correct? Third, freedom from people-pleasing, no, this is a hard, this is a hard one. <laughs> this is the hard one. Freedom from people pleasing. It sounds easy, and we all say, yeah, we should be free from that. But in reality, it takes spiritual power. Am I now trying to win human approval or God's approval? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a slave of God. Christ. Fourth, freedom from slave slavery to sin. And the Bible passage that we have just used. Number five, freedom from bondage to the Mosaic Law. Especially if observing it is seen as a way of gaining God's approval. Maybe you could share that with your Jewish friends. Number six, freedom from fear of physical death. As we I've talked about many times, we all fear our death. It is natural. But when the Spirit of God fills our, heart, our hearts, then we could overcome our fear of death. The last one, freedom from slavery to the elemental spiritual forces of the universe. Non-believers, naturally, they're always afraid of something happening to them. So they will use various methods, fortune tellers, whatever that makes them feel good. Some people carry things with them at all times, whatever religion that you are coming from. But Christ sets us free from all of these. And I hope and pray that you will come to Christ, all of us. Because Son is able and willing to set you free. You just come and ask Him for His water. And He will give it to you. And you will never thirst again. Let's pray.